Chapter 10b of Bible Defense of Slavery by Josiah Priest. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. There was a missionary who recently lived in West Africa at a place called Monrovia, namely Dr. Gohin, who has published to the world, in a paper entitled Liberator, that slavery in the United States, in its worst form, even under the lash, is not as bad as slavery is in Africa. He says it is a well-known truth that nine-tenths of the population are in a state of personal slavery. The females are sold at an early age, to be, as soon as grown up, beasts of burden, or wives, as their negro owners may require. The kings and chiefs of that country, he says, drive their own people in droves to the sea, where they sell their own blood and color by thousands to whoever will buy them. Thus it has always been in Africa, ages before the European white man knew anything about the slave trade. Even the famous and partially civilized Carthaginians used to obtain vast numbers of slaves from a region of country in Africa, inhabited by a people called Goramantes, a powerful tribe of the interior, who made it their chief business to catch the people of their own color to sell to the Carthaginians. Hearn's Researches in Africa, Volume 2, page 231. This was done ages before the era of Christianity, and, of necessity, could not have been instigated by European white men. Crawford, in his Indian Archipelago, Volume 1, pages 18-20, through 20, states that there are, in those islands, two races of blacks. One of those races is not as black as the other, and have straight or long hair while the other race is of a jet black with woolly heads. The straight-haired race, he says, hold the woolly heads in the utmost contempt, making slaves of them wherever they can be caught. The woolly heads are constantly found in a savage and more wild condition than the other race, making no improvements, but cleaving entirely to the state of nature, going naked, and living wholly on the produce of the wilderness. Thus it is made clear, in the above facts, that though all mankind were tinged by the negro blood, as some abolitionists desire, yet would not slavery be abolished, as the negro man has ever been found as ready to enslave his own race, as are the other nations of the earth no matter whether in a civilized or a barbarous state. This is the people, the woolly heads of Africa, the most degraded of the human race, who are even thus esteemed by the brown kind of Negroes, having straight hair in the same countries, that abolitionists desire to elevate, politically, to an equality with white men, and, of necessity, to become amalgamated with them, by fellowship in marriages, and the other immunities of white society. The Negro race do not, and never were possessed of the common sympathies of human nature for their fellows in trouble.
but treat such circumstances as a thing of no account. It is a well-known fact that when a slave is punished for a misdemeanor and cries out under the operation, it excites laughter among them instead of tears. They are not a race of people of sufficient sympathies or feeling to care much about their own sufferings or the condition of slavery as a great whole beyond their own individual being and in millions of cases not even then thinking nothing of the odium of being a slave so long as comfort and protection is in their individual possession was not this trait of their character exemplified in the two slaves of the honorable henry clay when on a trip to canada some few years since while there the two slaves were told by the people that as they were on english ground they were free but were urged with great vehemence to avail themselves of the happy circumstance in their favor but to no purpose the blacks replied that they loved their master and would not leave him and actually returned with him to the south and to their condition of servitude again many such instances have taken place this principle of indifference to the happiness of their fellows is shown not only in the history of the cruelties practiced in africa by the chiefs upon the slaves but also by the cruelties of the southern slaves towards each other as manifested by the actions of the negro slave drivers in such cases as when an owner of slaves happens to advance some more active and intelligent negro to overlook the labors of a gang the whip is seen to be in lively exercise as well as the tongue this is passing strange in further proof of this indifference of the blacks respecting human suffering we quote the following from barnabas shaw's memorials of south africa published at the methodist episcopal book room in new york eighteen forty one this author states page thirty seven that the namaqua negroes always leave their aged parents and the sick to fall a prey to the wild beasts or to die of hunger whenever they remove from one habituation to another this tribe is a branch of the hottentot family who are descended as is believed from the ancient egyptians the bushman negroes are guilty of dreadful acts of cruelty toward each other when in a helpless condition they have no feelings says mr shaw pages forty two forty three and fifty six toward babes the sick or their own aged parents making even a boast of it they will kill their children on the most trifling occasion if not shaped to suit them if pursued by an enemy they will kill the aged or if very hungry they will eat human flesh the kafir negroes of that country he says page fifty three carry their sick into the woods to die alone or to be devoured by serpents wild beasts or cast into some pit or hole unheeded and forsaken 
mothers one would think would love and protect their babes as even this virtue is found instinctively possessed even by dumb beasts and yet we are told by mr shaw in his work page fifty six that a woman of the bekuan tribe offered to sell her child to him for some glass beads who said that she loved her child but that she loved beads far better on the least occasion says mr shaw page fifty eight they will kill their wives as they would a troublesome dog insensibility to pain remarks this author page sixty one is one of the negro faculties as they seem not to feel even when cut to pieces nor do they care for their fellows when seen in the greatest distress with a view to all these things and many more disgusting particulars which the reader's discernment will not fail to suggest how is it possible that any white man on the face of the earth can be found who in his heart is willing to have the races become one by amalgamation to the writer such a desire seems to be a kind of monstrosity a hideous nightmare a frightful incubus chattering and grinning on the bosom of the soul driven on and on as by a devil in mockery for the crimes of believing in and desiring the union of white blood with black there are not wanting under this baleful influence cases in the land even among the refined and opulent who have lent and are lending their influence to the ultra objects of abolitionism and also who have bowed down themselves in the sight of the heavens and the earth to the very dust in compliance to negroes desiring thereby to have it believed that they do most heartily espouse the notion of the black men's intellectual equality with themselves and then with effrontery enough to look a tiger out of countenance have braved the common and popular indignation forming a mighty contrast between their apparent humility and lowly deference of the negro and their dauntless impudence toward those who cannot for the sake of the image of god subscribe to this blasphemy against nature we are acquainted with occurrences of this description when a negro man has been petted caressed and almost seemingly adored by proud scornful and aristocratic white men who taking the negro by the arm with affected politeness and attention have led and escorted the black to the best seat in a superb carriage and from thence in pop and array to a place of public entertainment yes we have understood that in the city of new york there was a certain opulent gentleman who under the frightful influence of the negro abolition mania went so far with the horrible frenzy as to force negroes upon the notice and attention of his daughters in his own house and thus insult his own blood and that of the whole white part of creation can such doings be sincere 
we have no confidence in the sincerity of such professions the very pretenders feel appalled at heart and loathe the unnatural approximation yes the very negroes themselves know better and laugh at the hypocrisy and nonsense of the whole farrago but nevertheless they are willing to be petted as long as the conspirators against the order of god in the creation may be under the influence of this extraordinary political spasm which will endure just as long and no longer than when their political object is attained or lost if indeed the negro race are worthy the attention bestowed upon them at the present time how is it that they do not put forth the arm of mental power and convince mankind that their abolition friends are worthily bestowing their energies for their benefit how is it that the people and government of san domingo who are now free and politically independent have never petitioned the different governments of christendom who have slaves for the elevation of their race by education how is it that they who were able to massacre their masters and to plunder their houses ravish their wives and daughters and to riot till glutted in rape and plunder have not poured out their eloquence on the ear of mankind arising out of the rich fund of their mental powers and wrought upon their sympathies deluged the world with arguments heaped up like mountains in favor of the negro race thus putting the nations and countries to the blush at the thought of enslaving a people so high-minded and patriotic so noble and pure in principle a race possessed of the sweetest and liveliest moral powers and feeling each man of them longing and desiring the improvement of his people more far more than his own individual happiness but this they have not done and we have doubts whether they even care much about it in the patriotic sense of the word nay the very papers which are published in america for their especial advancement are in great measure if not wholly got up and supported by white men how is this if they are a race of oppressed human beings who are worthy of a better fate and are grieving and struggling to rise to common equality how is it that the whole labor of the attempt is exerted by another race of people than themselves were the negro population of the southern states of the union elevated to political equality with white men and the doctrine of amalgamation allowed which would be the certain consequence of such equality would such a change in their favor secure contentment our answer is no it would not except that they could have the exclusive rule in their very being the god of nature has raised up a barrier between the two races which cannot be passed without incurring consequences of the most revolting character 
to set the negroes free in all america and to bestow upon them political equality while at the same time amalgamation should be penally resisted by death or perpetual imprisonment to both parties there would arise out of such a state of the case all the horrors of hatred and confusion violence and assassinations that can be conceived of there is a natural dislike of the races toward each other on which account were the negroes made politically free without the privilege of intermarrying with the whites there would soon arise quarrels and discontent as the possession of mere political liberty without all the other immunities of white society would not and could not satisfy them nothing short of the most intense attention could prevent jealousies on their part nor even this as the knowledge of their own inferiority would always promote that passion even where on the part of the white man there should be no intention to grieve or to give causes of discontent the races are two kinds of men constituted entirely different in both body and soul on which account there can be no union or fellowship between the two on the ground of common equality except by amalgamation which would be were such a thing to come to pass a universal retrograde from the moral image of god toward the condition of brutes inasmuch as that the intellectuality of the white race should be destroyed from off the earth and merged in the thick skulls of the negroes there has been from the earliest time a decided dislike existing between the two races so much so that the fact has not escaped the notice of the ancient historian between the romans and carthaginians there was eternal hatred and war and it is the same at the present time in feeling everywhere as the negro knows his own inferiority and therefore hates in his heart the white man because of the difference and wishes to have the upper hand there is but one way to settle this great difficulty between the races which is to make the whole family of man of but one color as it was at first and of but one general character as to intellect but thus god has not seen fit to do in relation to this matter he therefore who goes about to mix and confound that which god has set apart by an indelible mark is a disorganizer and is worthy of transportation from this earth to some place without the pale of the universe where he could cogitate alone the beauties of negro amalgamation with the blood of white men as when a blackening cloud obscures the light and turns the beauteous day halfway to night or as some devil's hand on ruin set should dip all flowers in a dye of jet twould be like him who pleads o oh, foul disgrace 
to stain with negro blood the white man's face and worse than this more drear more hell refined he'd sink in darkness deep the moral mind and say all bloods are equal all all one state and thus would mingle that which god did separate would with japhet's blessing of the great i am imbue confound and mix the curse of ham End of chapter 10